You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today I'll be reading 2 Corinthians 8.1 through 9.15, just 39 verses today. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. And in this matter, I gave my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what, is, to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care that I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him, we're sending the, brothers who is, the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us, for the glory of the Lord himself, and to show our goodwill. We take this course so that no one should blame us about the generous gift that is being administered by us. For we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And with them, we are sending our brothers, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers... They are the messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. Now, 
It is superfluous for me to write to you about the ministry for the saints, for I know your readiness of which I boast about you for the people of Macedonia, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I'm sending the brothers so that our boasting about you may not prove empty in this matter, so that you may be ready as I said you would be. Otherwise, if some Macedonians come with me and find you're not ready, we'd be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go ahead to you and to arrange in advance for the gift you've promised so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it's written, he is distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower, the bread for the food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they'll glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift. Today we talk about giving, uh, a subject that because of charlatans and scammers uh, has made the church very reluctant uh, in the past 50 or 60 years, and, and maybe rightfully so, but I think it's scriptural, so let's, let's get into it. And I'm not asking for any money, so let's do it anyway. Uh, but we want you to know, brothers, Paul starts, by, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So in a severe test of affliction, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth saying that these other churches, we want you to know about them, that in the midst of a severe uh, test of affliction, their abundance of joy, even in their extreme poverty, have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So he's kind of, he's being very shrewd and, and wise with his words here, but he's, he's letting them know that these people have all the excuses in the world not to give, and yet they have found it in their hearts not only to give this gift uh, of generosity towards the work of the ministry uh, for, for the churches back in Jerusalem, but also for you. Uh, sorry, not for you, but for, for us. They, they went above and beyond, and they, they supplied for our needs as well. And Paul really is trying to, to put the, the, the foundation of their giving in their willingness, in their joyful abundance and overflow of a joyful, abundant, overflowing God who is tremendously generous. And so the, the, he's consistently anchoring them in the truth that God is generous, reminding them of the Exodus, that, uh, that those who uh, gathered much didn't have any left over, and those who didn't gather much, they had no lack. 
that uh, during the Exodus, when they were told to go out and gather manna every day, that God wouldn't supply for, for two days, but, but just for that one day, just for your needs for today, that they would go out and they would gather and, and God would provide exactly what they needed. And the same thing in the prayer for the, the, the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. That, that God's mercies are new every single morning. And so Paul is saying, don't store up for yourselves earthly wealth that is going to, if, if your heart is, is bent on your earthly wealth, then it's going to lead you away from the Lord because that's your salvation. You're, you, you're viewing your wealth as your salvation, but, but God it wants to be your salvation. He is your salvation. And so he's, uh, he's rooting it not in a religious ritual where I make this much money, therefore I give away this much money because that's what's expected of me and not a penny more. Paul's saying, no, God loves a cheerful giver, a heart that believes that God wants to provide, that he is generous, that, that you can trust him by giving away the things that he has entrusted to you. And so that's what the whole section here is about, that Paul is coming to, to this church in Corinth, and they had already promised a year ago that they were going to give him money. So he's saying, listen, you, you guys already promised, and I trust, I 100% trust that you are going to do that, but I'm sending this ahead of me coming because it would be really embarrassing uh, for all of us if you didn't have this money already set aside. So here's your reminder to set aside the money so that when we get there, we don't have to exact it from you, but you can cheerfully and generously give it to us so that in your abundance, you can provide for the needs of those who don't have. It's like voluntary taxation. Taxation is just, you, you don't even think about it until the taxes come or, you know, you spend a couple bucks and they take the taxes out or whatever. And it's like, it's so frustrating. But if you see your brother in need and you say, well, I have a little bit extra here, take this. The same thing is happening. Your money is getting taken away, but in, in one, it's the, the joyful release of that money and it, towards the needs of others. And the other one, it just sort of disappears and you don't think much about it. So one is kind of ritual and rote. One is, one is done with love. And, and that's the one that, that God loves, that, that God desires us to, to be like. Not that he doesn't want, Jesus said, pay taxes. Uh, render to Caesar that's what which is Caesar's and to God what is to God's so on but God says no or Paul reminds them that it's that cheerful heart of of generosity in trusting that God is going to provide for my needs and if he's provided for more than my needs then I should quickly find a way to help somebody that needs more than I do and so as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he's like? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless. God bless.